Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. Eighty-four percent of people surveyed said Americans are angrier today than compared with a generation ago. Oh, the rage. We are angry and we're angry a lot. If you're not, you're definitely in the minority. The politicians rage, cable news, food fight, panel discussions. They yell. They talk over each other. They name call. It's literally everything we tell our kids not to do. And on TV, radio, the internet, we watch alleged adults talking and acting worse than children. And don't even get me started about the character modeling of our politicians in presidential debates or Supreme Court nomination hearings in the Senate. It's very, very sad. I want to address, first of all, what types of anger we have and we're experiencing and where in the world this level of anger in society is coming from. As if we can identify some of the triggers, we can then move to eliminate them. And you may not be experiencing all of these different things, but I would guess that you're experiencing some of them. And if you're one of the majority that political ads, debates, online posts, snide memes raise your temperature level, this podcast may actually be able to assist you in overcoming some of that anger. As I customarily do, I want to turn not to modern pop psychology or new age self-help, but I want to look backwards. I want to look back to the ancients, their teachings, and look for wisdom that we can deploy right now in our modern world to deal with anger. But first, let's identify where in the world this anger is coming from. I believe for most people there are four core aspects of modern culture that can trigger anger, especially in the realm of politics. And since we are in election season, this is where I want to focus my energy and effort. The first type of anger is what is known as misdirected anger. And when anger of this type, it's focused on the wrong person or the wrong source. So do you realize that the media and politicians are manipulating you? They're trying to take your anger and your frustration that they that we all naturally have towards politics, and they're attempting to turn it towards other Americans rather than towards the incompetence of our government. You get that, right? You do realize you have way more in common with the Republican or Democrat neighbor than you will ever have with those Washington, D.C. politicians or talking heads on cable TV. You do realize this misdirection that you're facing your anger towards other Americans is creating an us versus them mindset, which then when we do that, when the politicians switch it 
So it's us against them and voters view other voters as the problem. It lets the politicians off the hook because you're no longer angry at them, but you're angry at fellow citizens, right? You get that? In the darkest of circumstances, people are sometimes manipulated to direct their anger towards sources that they do not deserve. When power and money are in play, which obviously are in play in our political world, the tactic of division is incredibly powerful. So please, let's stop the keyboard warrior comments towards family, friends, random Americans online who hold a different view. Yes, I know they can be annoying. Yes, I know that you have that urge to tell them, but don't feed that beast. Don't be that person. Oh, it's about to get real up in here as you begin pounding on your keyboard. I'm going to tell that person how stupid and ignorant they are for not agreeing with me. Please just stop. Just stop. Your anger is misdirected. You see, when that when you displace your anger, the actual cause of your anger goes completely unaddressed. And I'm going to get to one of the actual causes next once I'm done with this topic, but Stay with me here, which this makes these emotions when it's misdirected anger, makes these emotions fester and then they explode at random times or it just rises up in your gut. And if you ever have that moment, you may have some displaced anger in you. In displaced anger, you're fighting and, you know, pretending to occasionally kill a fake enemy with some snide comment online or just some superficial meme you send out, you literally are solving no problems. You having a tantrum towards your neighbor with the Trump or Biden sign in the yard or responding to those memes or those mean comments, it solves nothing. This can be incredibly dangerous and it rarely ends well. Misdirecting anger never solves the problem. But depending on the circumstances, it surely can make the problem worse or it can create brand new problems altogether. You ranting online to some random person about how terrible and stupid they are for supporting Trump or Biden, it will do nothing to solve any political policy issue that you may have. Think about this. You realize one of the main causes, if we look back to World War II, was Adolf Hitler's ability to misdirect the anger of the German people. And they were going through a severe economic depression. When you study history, we know that in America, when we were going through our Great Depression, that was a world depression. And Germany was thrust into the lowest low because they were coming out of all the restrictions placed on them after World War I. So their depression was even worse and their misery was even worse. But guess what Adolf Hitler came in? He was able to misdirect all the anger, the frustration and misery that they were feeling towards another group of people, the Jews. And we saw the horrific devastating results of this in world history millions dead allowing politicians the media and propaganda to misdirect your anger 
towards a fellow American or another group of people, this is no laughing matter. And this is nothing to be taken lightly. And it's incredibly dangerous for the entire nation to allow politicians and media and propaganda to misdirect your anger towards other Americans. And don't think for one second that the politicians don't know that they're playing with fire when they misdirect this this anger. We simply cannot let this happen. So stop misdirecting your anger. Just cut off and stop attacking, name-calling other American people because I guarantee you that you and I, we have a lot more in common with people who don't think like us than we will ever have with Donald Trump or Joe Biden. They live in a different world, these politicians and the average people live in. And we cannot let them, for their political expediency, divide the people apart. You know, that liberal working at the coffee shop or that conservative independent contractor is not the problem in this country. It is the political powers manipulating you to throw your anger at something that isn't even responsible for the problem. It's like me yelling at the water boy when my team fails to perform in a game. It's silly. But when we're talking politics and we're talking the politics of division, it's incredibly dangerous to go out there and to be angry at other Americans because they don't think like you do. And when you see that Hollywood star tweeting, when you see that politician, when you hear that news propaganda, and they're attempting to divide you by throwing all your anger towards the other side for blame, it's ridiculous, it's ignorant, and it holds no factual basis to blame the American people. So do not allow any of them to do that Hitler-esque divide and conquer of people and don't participate in it. It will alleviate a ton of your anger and it'll also be proactive because you will become directing your anger towards where the real responsibility lies and that's within the politicians. Misdirected anger, it's just simply a complete and utter waste of your time, your energy, and quite frankly, anger's not healthy. And it's not healthy for you. Really, think about it. How silly is it to rant and rave that Biden or Trump supporter who disagrees with you? If you want to get mad for change, just direct the energy properly towards the people who caused the problem in the first place, the politicians. Act accordingly at the ballot box and try to remove them. But saying Trump supporters or Biden supporters are the problem is just a misdirected anger, and if you have that type of anger, more than likely you've been played. Second, Americans have a strong sense of powerlessness and a lack of trust in the government in general, and this leads to anger. I guess you could call this a truism. If anger helps you feel in control, no wonder you can't control your anger. We lash out when we don't feel power. It is literally just 
human nature. And there's actually a formal term for this, and it's called political efficacy. In political science, political efficacy is the citizens' faith and trust in government and their belief that they can understand and influence political affairs. And I watch this because I think this is incredibly important for us in society because it tells us the direction the country is heading in. And what this does, it it commonly measures by surveys, and it's an indicator, I guess you could say, for the broader health of civil society. And when citizens have a really low political efficacy, they don't have faith in their government, and they do not believe that any action that they take can actually affect the government and the actions of their political leaders. Right now, polls are showing Americans' political efficacy is at an all-time low, which is scary, and which would commonly lead to anger when we feel we don't have control and our trust has been betrayed, we tend to display anger. You know, a common phrase when we are in an argument with just someone in general is, you don't listen to me. Political efficacy is that statement in society as a whole. We simply don't feel that we're being heard by our politicians and thus we get angry at the entire system. We don't like the feeling of not being in control or being betrayed. But as I just mentioned, politicians are doing a wonderful sleight of hand in taking this real anger of lack and trust, and they're taking that anger and they're shifting it back towards each other. So we are, we've taken that anger, they've shifted it, and we can't let them continue to do this. I want to mention right here, some people get incredibly frustrated and angry with the group Antifa, and I do too, and that rioting and that destruction of property is just completely unacceptable. But why is Antifa even mentioned as even having even a little bit of force right now? People are mad, they're frustrated, and they feel they don't have a voice in government. So rather than deal with the government, what does Antifa want to do? It literally wants to bring down the government because there is a segment of the population where that political efficacy is so intensely low That they don't even want to try and voice a concern through the government, but rather they would want to bring down the government. Fascinating. Third reason for anger, media and the social media. They're breeding anger in all of us. We're being taught. Our young people are being trained by the mainstream media and social media that yelling, speaking over, cutting off. Well, that is communication. That is debate. Tell me how many times you turn off your cable news feeling, wow, I feel so positive, energetic, and hopeful for the future after watching my evening cable news lineup. Yeah, right. For me, it would be never, or at least almost never, do I feel a sense of joy and happiness after watching the news. Social media and the filter bubble. I want to talk about these for a minute, especially this concept of the filter bubble and you really need to pay attention to this because it's so severe basically all these algorithms every time you're logging on all the time facebook google twitter instagram wherever you go you're being tracked and it's and they know you better than you know you 
So they're constantly feeding up to you exactly things that they know you would like and you would agree with. Then you go on your Facebook and you post and you get all kinds of comment. Great idea. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Trump's an idiot. Trump's an idiot. Trump's an idiot. Trump's an idiot. And you hear it every day, all the time, wherever you're at. You're in this little bubble and every news story that's fed up to you is something that's negative Trump. And and all of a sudden, someone somehow breaks into your filter bubble and posts something that doesn't agree with you. And what's your instantaneous reaction? Oh my goodness, this person must be a blazing, utter idiot. How in the world could they think Donald Trump's a good person? I've been hearing Donald Trump's an idiot for months. And even when I say that he's an idiot, everybody agrees with me. And all the articles that I read, they agree with me. And how in the world could someone be so stupid? How many times do we go online and we see someone say, How could you be so stupid for thinking that way? The question that I have is if you're so smart or that person is so smart calling someone else so stupid, how wide is your perspective? If the answer was so perfectly black and white, wouldn't everybody just agree? But yet we're split square down the middle, almost, roughly speaking. So really, are we always that smart and that other side always so stupid? Since when in life... Did everything become so binary perfect? It never has been, and it never will be. When we talk about man-made things such as politics, social media, doesn't work so clean. We need to be really careful when we look at things in the media and in social media. The fourth thing is this cultural phenomena that that breeds anger. And that's capitalism. Now, before you turn this off or you get angry, there is, in my mind, no doubt that capitalism is the best system of economics that humans have ever devised so far. And in, and, and yet, for all these positives that we have in a capitalistic society, we need to recognize the dangers As human beings being human, well, things decay and they corrupt over time. It it just is what it is when you look at human history. And this system of capitalism, it's created incredible wealth. I mean, unimmeasurable wealth. But it does set up a system of winners and losers, masters and servants, rich and poor. Yes, certainly. And most definitely millions have risen from nothing to middle class or to upper class. There's stories everywhere all the time where it can happen. But most people, most of the time, will not achieve that type of success. Either it's their own personal lack or their situation, whatever the case might be, not everybody every time is going to make it ahead in the capitalistic system. It just is not a perfect panacea. Thus, when people do get stuck or they feel stuck or they feel the game is rigged, we see the disparity in healthcare. We see the disparity in our legal system where those that have power and have money get off of things and those who don't, they never do. Um, If you have money, It appears in capitalism you can get away with darn near anything most of the time. Or at least that is the perception by millions and perception does matter. 
it becomes easier and easier to divide people into tribes when the socioeconomic disparities are incredibly high. Right now, 400 Americans control more wealth than the lowest 60%. This is extreme by any standards that even the most ardent capitalist needs to be willing to acknowledge. And this can and it does breed anger. Luckily, there are ways to cope with all four of these types of anger. So the solution, as given to us from Socrates, a Greek philosopher, who, by the way, he lived during an era where commerce and consumerism was exploding across the Aegean region and political corruption was on the rise and in an intensely high level. One of his more famous quotes those is this, and consider this very carefully. Those who think they know, don't. Those who know they don't, know. I'm going to say that one more time. I want you to listen to this carefully. Those who think they know, don't. Those who know they don't, know. Always in class, I bring this quote up because it's so to get this is really important. So Socrates, maybe one of the most brilliant minds of, of classical Greece and even of Western civilization. Those who think they know don't. Those people who think they have it all figured out all the time, that it's blatantly, perfectly honest, obvious that their opinion is perfectly right all the time, they don't know anything. However, those who know they don't know those individuals who say, look, I don't have all the answers to everything. I I have my opinions. I have my perceptions. But hey, I'm not going to stand up here and say I'm perfectly smart and the other person's an absolute idiot. Those are the individuals that actually have knowledge. There is no such thing as a perfect knowledge. And he also said this, another one of his famous quotes, quote, the life which is unexamined is not worth living. All of us all the time need to be have the ability and the propensity to lay down our biases to lay down our belief that we got everything all figured out perfectly and we have to have an open-mindedness to be able to examine things outside of ourselves because if you never leave your out your internal biases you can never grow intellectually you can't grow spiritually you can't grow professionally you simply can't grow if you lack the ability to examine the world around you and lay your biases to the side so from all this is something just one thing one idea we can glean from socrates which could literally kill the anger beast that wells up within all of us. I would say it's this. Humility. Socrates wants us. He begs us. He deplores us to live an enlightened life. A meaningful life. A peaceful life. And the way to do that is to be humble. That state of mind. That freedom from pride or arrogance is the solution. Now, in full disclosure for me. To talk on humility is, well, a little bit ironic to be kind to myself. As those who know me, one of the first words 
that comes to their mind when trying to describe me is humility. Uh, okay, actually, it is never humility, if I'm going to be honest, but I've learned much from my younger days, so let, let's talk a little bit about how this simple thing of humility can kill anger. So humility can lessen the misdirected anger towards others. See, with humility and a broad perspective, a humble person can see reality. A humble person treats everybody with respect. You don't have to agree with them, but you do need to respect them. Humility teaches us to believe that we are not much better or worse than anybody else. All people have great value and all people deserve to have their opinion and all deserve to be treated as such. Secondly, humility can lessen that sense of powerlessness and that lack of trust. Remember when I was talking about political efficacy, a humble person recognizes their own limitations. Humility doesn't have a negative view of self, so powerlessness is minimized. Humility leads us to the powerful and that beautiful place of living out our strengths and passions in life. So we're not reliant and we're not dependent on some political party or, or some ruler to save us and our life. It isn't wrapped up in trusting in something else beyond our control. Here's the fact. Donald Trump will not save your life forever. No matter what he says, and neither will Joe Biden. Presidents, when you look at it in the scope of a civilization in this country, in reality, they're limited in their max in their ability to direct things. They just are. They're limited by Congress. They're limited by the bureaucracies that go around them. A president can only be in power four or eight years maximum. So the entire destiny of a country goes well beyond one sitting presidents. A humble person knows they don't always get what they want, even when they really, really want it. So that powerlessness, that lack of trust, which can cause anger, when you're humble, you don't get so wound up and wrapped up and, and emotioned up on things that you literally can't control. I recall back after the 2016 election, I saw a video and it was of a young girl, surely in her early 20s, and a very fervent supporter of Hillary Clinton, obviously. She was on the phone after the concession speech and Hillary uh, conceded to Donald Trump that he won the election and she had lost. And in this video, she is just weeping uncontrollably while on her phone and I assume she's talking to her mom or her father or somebody somebody close to her and she's crying and she's like you better fix this shit right now there are things beyond our control surely we should participate in the democratic process of voting even have really strong feelings that's good that you actually feel fervently about a candidate many don't about either one of them but yet, you nor I have the ability to control such very large cultural events individually. If you don't have humility, that's hard to grasp. I'm not saying not to active and to be active and to support 
as you see fit, but having the humility to focus your energies on what you can control, which are your actions, your attitude, your perspective, is a much better investment of your time and energy. In a sad way, that video, it was humorous, although not for that young woman, obviously, but she learned a lesson that night, and I don't think she's ever going to forget it. But sometimes, this is real hard to admit, and we don't like to admit it, but no matter what, no matter what anger or how strongly you or I may feel in a cause or a candidate, sometimes we just don't get our choice. It takes humility to just let it go. And I get the, yeah, but this, yeah, but that, yeah, but the other. You being angry or more angry about politics and this election is not going to make some things happen even more. It takes humility to just breathe and let it go. Now, once again, I want to be really clear. You should not just be a leaf blown around in the wind and not care. As in this country, close to half the people that are eligible to vote, they won't even cast a vote. And that's kind of sad for a number of reasons that I don't even want to go into here. But I am saying that you need to have humility to focus your energies on what you can control. Your actions, your attitude, your perspective is much better investment of your time and energy than just being angry at everybody who doesn't agree with you all the time. And finally, humility can lessen anger from the media and social media. A humble person is teachable. Humility believes it can always learn from the education and experience of others. A humble person is a growing person who's quick to read, invite feedback, ask good questions. They can openly, honestly withhold judgment until a full conclusion can be reached in any media they consume, whether it's social media, cable TV, a news article, you know, just something so simple as listening to this podcast for 20 to 30 minutes a week, or, or there are tons of other more options in mind. Never watching that stupid cable news again. Expose yourself to different perspectives, different forms. I'm just such a huge advocate of the podcasting environment. The more I get into it, because it allows for detailed conversations where I can talk to you about a topic and anybody with a deep perspective on any topic can bring you something. There's no commercial interruptions and there's no craziness. It's just talking. Oh, I just have to digress here for just one minute on a conversation I had about the recent vice presidential debate. You know, I podcasted about that first presidential debate. A complete dumpster fire by any stretch of the imagination. But anyway, this person had looked at a couple news headlines for fun from both liberal and conservative outlets the day after the debate and sent me hyperlinks to them. One of the conservative websites the day after the vice presidential debate, here was the headline, Debate Masterclass, Pence Dominates Debate. And then he sent me another hyperlink on a liberal news outlet and the headline said this, Pence was flaccid, lame, limp, and boring. So please, stop taking the clown seriously as a news source. If you are not curious enough to learn for yourself, to listen for yourself, to draw your own conclusion, please don't trust, listen, 
read the spin of these media sources. You you have to if you're really interested in it. You have to go to direct sources and you have to leave this stuff alone. But let me go back to media again online. If you do respond online, I challenge you this. Always respond with kindness. Always respond with kindness. Or don't respond at all when you're confronted with antagonism. You know, it's okay to not even give air to the anger, the name-calling, the flinging of horrific statements. It's okay to just leave it alone. And I challenge you online, if we could get even 20% of the people that were on social media, Facebook, and it's interesting, I've literally only been on Facebook less than, uh, maybe now it's about a month. I, I'm stunned. I mean, I've always known because I read about technology and AI and social media, but oh my goodness, there's too many really good people nice people if you met them in person that just say some horrible things online i just challenge you if everybody would stop it it would have a massive impact across this country because we know things go viral all the time what if only positive stuff was was passed on and whenever somebody posts angry negative name calling mean things on facebook if that never got any oxygen, like a fire without oxygen, it would die. It would be awesome to see that happen. You know, I marvel online at people who are fervently, angrily fighting about politics. Do you think actually any of that could ever influence anybody whatsoever in either one, changing their perspective, or number two, actually making positive change happen in the government? Do you think calling someone a racist, a socialist, a snowflake, a misogynist would ever advance your cause? Think about that. Someone calls someone a racist. Now vote for me. Now vote for my side. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's, there's no logical thought process in that. Humility, though, can end that destructive back and forth as a humble person seeks to empathize and understand and influence through positive actions, not the vitriol seen in mass media and social media. And finally, humility can lessen the grips of capitalism and materialism. A humble person is a grateful person. Humility isn't entitled. Humility believes it doesn't deserve a darn thing, and it's thankful for the many blessings received in life. A humble person is at peace with themselves and other people. Humility embraces contentment and simplicity. It doesn't need to have the nicest or the best. Humility puts relationships before the need to be right. Humility enjoys balance and harmony. This is such an important thing. As free from the grips of things and status and comparison, it literally can liberate you and I from a ton of anger. So as I finish up here, it really is basic stuff. I just podcasted on simplicity. It definitely is incredibly simple, although it surely is not easy. Humility. 
to consciously deal with your anger, you need to be able to identify where that anger comes from, from you. Everybody's a little bit different. And now that we've looked at these four potential stumbling blocks, misdirected anger, political efficacy, social media, mass media, and the materialistic culture we live, which one of these apply to you the most? Maybe they all do, or maybe only one does. And as you engage in, in one of these areas, just keep your radar on alert to deal with it properly. And how do you keep your radar on? You know when you start to sense and feel that anger. It starts to rise up from your gut. And before it blows out your mouth or through your fingers as you're typing on a keyboard, just keep your radar alert and so that and stop it. Stop it. Deal with it through humility. Your life will change dramatically living a life of happiness, calmness, and peace instead of this anger and frustration and blaming and worry about things you can't even really control. It's incredibly liberating, and I am no expert at it. I have apprehension about the upcoming election. I have apprehension about what's going on in society, but at the same time, if I make myself focus on the things that I can control, that I do have the ability to move, and whenever I do feel that anger rising up in me, if I stop and I take a deep breath and I slow it down, I get better at it every day, and you can get better at it too. It's just a process, but it's a process worth undertaking. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value in the topic. I hope you challenge yourself to lessen your anger and increase your peace and happiness through that wisdom of Socrates and this simple little thing called humility that surely isn't much in vogue in the 21st century, but definitely could make some life changes for you. Remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, so if you click like or follow, you'll be alerted when new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.